Hey y'all, this is Amber J. Phillips, the High Priestess of Black Joy, missing the brilliant, brave, bold second half of this amazing podcast, Jasmine, the King of the South Walker. Um, As we told you last week, this week we have a very special episode for you all. Sometimes, and this will happen a lot, where Jasmine and I have to travel for work or just have a lot of stuff going on. But luckily, because we got bars, there's always an episode waiting in the wings that we can't wait to share with you. This week, Congress... um, voted to take away our health care, and this will directly impact um, their attack on women's rights, specifically on a person's right to have an abortion. So this week, you're going to hear an entire show featuring an abortion story, the same way you talk to your homegirls or your homies about dating and work and life. This is also one of those conversations, because what we know is that one in three women will have an abortion in her lifetime. And we all love someone who has had an abortion, whether it's a family member, your own parent, yourself, um, your homie, They're out there because one in three women will have an abortion in her lifetime. So this is an entire show honoring that love that we have for one of our really good friends, um, Michele, who shares her story with us. And we hope that you gain a better understanding of a different experience that is not your own. We know that some people don't agree, but we're hoping that this is um, an opening to a conversation. If you don't want to access abortion yourself, that we are all taught to better advocate for people who have, who need abortion care, um, as well as support them because we support our friend and we know that you all love your friends and the family that you're in community with. So we hope you enjoy this episode. Michelle is a God. Um, and she shares that throughout again, not every abortion story is the same. Um, just like not all of our experiences in life are the same. So we want you all to listen to this story. If you want to hear more stories about abortion, please feel free to visit the one in three campaign.org as well as the national network of abortion funds to learn more about how you can get involved with both of these things. Or if you have a story you want to share again, we don't recommend that everyone share their story publicly. We know it's hard. We know there's a lot of stigma, but feel free to, hit us up. Let's have a conversation. Don't agree? Let's have a conversation. Want to support? Let's have a conversation about that. So again, you all know you can always find us on Twitter, Instagram, at Black Joy Mixtape, and go to our website, theblackjoymixtape.com. If you want to send us some love letters um, to relate to Michelle, if you want to send us some hate letters, you can send them there too. We're not going to read them. But if you want to have a conversation, we're always there to explain deeper. So again, enjoy this episode. We love you. We love those of you who have the story similar to this, who have stories of overcoming and leaving toxic relationships and making really hard decisions that end up being the best decisions for your life. So this is, again, Amber J. Phillips, and we hope you enjoy the show. Bye. So did you enjoy your chicken? My chicken was great. Look. There was something magical on that. There was uh, some honey concoction with yes, cinnamon. Lit. It was so good. It was lit. Amber done fucked around and went to the spice shop 
that uh, Misha laid and found and took her to. Which Amber is, found this one. I found it. You me. found this yes, one. Me. So Misha Lay, the third voice y'all hear on the Black Joy mixtape, is that of the homie, the god Misha Lay. And one of the reasons why I love Misha Lay, among all the, we've actually given you a shout out on the Black Joy mixtape. And she on the Instagram. Yes, and she on the Instagram. She won the first pictures on the My Instagram. Hair. We yes, always go on like amazing <laughs> Black girl magic adventures on the weekends where we like dip off into different parts of the DMV and do brilliant things like oh today we're going to go to a black woman owned spice shop followed with a brief grocery shopping tour of a real authentic Indian um, grocery store and then I want to go get bubble tea and then I would like to go to the, the Vietnamese market to have bubble tea and um, I don't even know if bubble tea is Vietnamese, but you know, I'm just making this up as I go. But we just expose each other to the shit we find on Instagram that we want to do. It's great. <laughs> so we shouted Misha Lay out on track to uh, folks who've been here, our 20 listeners who've been here since the beginning. <laughs> Track to white people would make awful slaves. Yes. We talked about Misha Lay looking like a damn tree. And it's still true. It's still true. So we're just gonna hop in. Misha Lay's in the Black Joy headquarters. She came by to get a plate and she ended up on the mic. Just you just never know what's gonna happen. <laughs> you hey niggas, do not come over here on <laughs> Wednesday. Like <laughs> around seven, eight o'clock. Cause I don't wanna have to break the news that no, you can't. No. Do this. Sorry, you can't. Oh, you just showed up here. Watch. That's what they're like. They're like, uh, Amber, I'm at the door. What's the code again? Y'all recording? I'm sorry to interrupt. I got a, I got a mixtape coming out. Uh, Movie dropping on June. All right. But Misha Lay, you know, can do, it can do whatever she wants. This woman here is just absurdly magical. It's- just... <laughs> I just feel like every time I'm around Misha Lay, I level up as a person. And I feel like if people in your circle, like especially newly people, so you you round downs the people that knew you when, you know, when you had pimples and braces and glasses and just going through the awkwardness of ugly phases of your life. Like them the people that will always just, you know, be there no matter what. No matter who you become, no matter what you do, no matter where you're at. What's up, Jonathan? Now you knew <laughs> round downs, Holly Ebony, all oh, y'all love y'all. Your new round downs, though, these the niggas they gotta bring you quality brunches. Yes. They gotta bring you quality advice. Conversation. They know where to get the ill ass shoes yep. and also have very dope metaphors and just advice around life. Amen. Every time I'm with Michelle, I learn something new. Michelle. So literally told me I think I told y'all this she was like the thing about life we talk about how trees change (laughs) we talk about trees changing through you know through the different seasons (laughs) the leaves change color they fall off but in reality it's all the same tree no matter what though we look up at the sky and yeah the conditions might be the same (laughs) We never see the same sky. This was a Saturday at 10.30 after a drunken night. While we watch the clouds drift by. 
And I'm like, oh, snap, because we're in a galaxy that moves. Amen. Of course we never sit under the same sky. Why have I never, like, what? <laughs> so, welcome, Michelet. This is... <laughs> this is going to be great. This is Amber J. Phillips, the High Priestess of Black Joy. And this is Jazz King of the South. And you are listening to the Black Joy Mixtape. Hey, what it do? Ow. today one of the reasons is because um it was the day without women situation so that that means i just had a reason to take off work today i'm not really in that deep of a solidarity to be quite honest with you i you know you got a red headband you you gave us a little mistake but you gave us a little so I mean it's it's worthy of a little solidarity. Yes, it, yes. I'm wearing like an abortion shirt. Yeah. Yeah. I fucks with it. Yeah. I just wish y'all would have voted for your candidate. That's all I, I'm I wish y'all were doing more energy, had dedicated more energy to educating your auntie, your grandma, your racist ass cousin. Amen. About not being able to see themselves in the pantsuit. <laughs> we done discussed this many times, but y'all doing everything y'all can to um, not have to talk to your kinfolks. That's it. We literally are calling out HBCUs. Do you know how niggas are proud of their HBCUs? We doing the hard work every week. It's tiring. Do you understand? I got to read for damn <laughs> Nicki Minaj because she got more tracks <laughs> in her head than she done produced to talk to Remy the moth. Like, literally, I am talking about Steve Harvey. I'm talking about boycotting Yeezys. Like, I'm doing my work. <laughs> Ain't you doing your work, I'm, Amber? I'm tired. I have been running for the Lord for a long time. <laughs> Telling my people that Afro-Latino <laughs> people are real, trans people are real, like literally just doing all this uh, education in between these jokes. <laughs> but y'all literally are out here taking off work, still requiring your nannies to come to work to take care of your badass kids <laughs> so that y'all can feel good about whatever in the fuck y'all need to feel good about today. Mm, so. I'm, so I just want to remind you all this is one of my new friends yeah just by association of being you know cool with amber <laughs> how they met is a whole other set of just <laughs> random amazingness and i don't know if we have time to cover all of it <laughs> but just trust me when i say misha lay is one of those people that you meet in this lifetime and you just never forget them. Amen. Like, no matter One what happens, no matter, like, <laughs> shit, I don't know. In the next five years, uh, like, we can't even remember each other's numbers. But I will always <laughs> remember this black girl from Florida by the name of Misha Lay, like the R&B That's singer. That's been set up? Literally. <laughs> that was 
literally the first question I asked Michelet when I met her. Like the singer? She's, I asked her her name. She said Michelet. And I was like, oh, like the singer. And she was like, you're one of the only few, you're one of the few people who got that reference. I thought I was about to be an asshole and ask a question that like everybody would ask. But I forgot that this was before, <laughs> this was before the Lifetime movie. <laughs> so Michelet literally wasn't like in the public consciousness no, at this well, point. Well, <laughs> I was named after two men that hate each other. Mm. So Michael, mm. with some special finessing on it, got to Michelet. You know, pronouncing probably inspired by the singer. And Great. then Richard, my godfather, who was in love with my mom and basically took care of her while she was pregnant with me. So my dad hates him. But my middle name, Ricara, was inspired by Richard. Mama, a real one. Like, shit! I want more of that story as well, but I feel like that's Mama's story to tell, so I'm not gonna do that. Your mom went one-third on the baby, bitch. (laughs) You don't know which one your daddy, huh? (laughs) No offense to your mama, but, like, that's real as fuck. Ain't no stigma and shame around here. Nope. Like, that sounds like a bad bitch to me. <laughs> Even the fact that, like, Michelet is on the mic because we're just sitting here eating chicken wings, sharing stories. What were we saying? We were just talking about Planned Parenthood in general. Yes. Mm-hmm. But we were just randomly talking about it. And Michelet was like, oh, yeah, when I was at Planned Parenthood to have an abortion. And we're like, tell us more. And she, Would you like to share it? And she was so gracious to share it uh, mm-hmm. with us and has agreed to share it with you all. But what's most interesting or striking, and y'all hear this about like it's abortion storytelling in a way that you would never no. just put it together. Yeah. So with And we that, have a lot of amazing friends who actually that's their advocacy work is mm-hmm. telling their abortion stories, right? Like our phenomenal friend Renee Bracy Sherman shares her abortion story. But also there's something to be said about black girls who are sharing their abortion stories over chicken wings and rice. Right. And that is essentially <laughs> what happened today. And I'm sure there are countless <laughs> listeners who have done that mm-hmm. or who should feel normalized in talking about that. And that's how Michelet has done it. So we're going to talk about it. So, Michelet, what is the year? Set the scene. What's Mm. going on? Well, it was 2013. I was in grad school. It was the summer before my second year. I was doing an internship in D.C., so I was in grad school in North Carolina. And I was dating this man. Okay. I'll never date a Q again. <laughs> Damn. Ever don't do it. Don't do it. Um. Sorry. <laughs> um. And honestly, <laughs> Jasmine sitting here a full ass Delta saying nothing. Clock it. <laughs> They they told me a long time ago if you have nothing nice to say. <laughs> when a black woman get quiet, that's all you know. Yeah. I didn't. I wasn't gonna. I was, just, I was gonna let the jubilee point that out. <laughs> I thought I thought Jasmine was the Delta. She ain't say nothing about the cues. Meanwhile, I'm the petty jubilee member. Like, don't you have to show roof, roof solidarity? <laughs> 
Anywho, I will remind everyone that I am a member of Delta Sigma Theta (laughs) Sorority Incorporated. I cross those sands. Amen. Right. So, he was not great. It was definitely an abusive relationship, emotionally, somewhat physically. But that summer, I was away from him in D.C. He was in North Carolina. And... I was doing this internship. I was at all these meetings. I was trying to impress this woman I was working for. And I kept falling asleep in the meetings. I was like, she's going to think I'm the laziest person ever. Like, she's staying out too late. Oh, my goodness. I was like, something is not right. Um, And what was interesting is before I left in April, I kind of knew after I had sex before I left, I was using the rhythm method. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's not so really. So what is? So <laughs> I love like so much. The rhythm method. Mm-hmm. Yes, I would like to know what the rhythm method is, and I would like to also know more about what about the situation was abusive. Mm. Like, what were the characteristics? What are the signs? Okay. So the rhythm method. <sighs> the rhythm method is. <laughs> <laughs> When you go to the doctor, they'll tell you it's bullshit. It kind, of <laughs> it kind of works. It kind of works if you do it right, but you gotta be really good about the pulling out. So, so it's the pullout method. It's a pullout, but it's also I know d- during certain windows I am not fertile because mm-hmm. of how my when my cycle is going to come. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. technically, right before my period starts, I'm not gonna get pregnant because I've already ovulated mm-hmm. or. The window right after your period is a little risky because your body is getting ready to release an egg, so you don't know when it's going to come. But then the closer towards the end of the month that you get back towards your cycle, like a week or two out, it's pretty safe. You're not probably not going to mm-hmm. get pregnant. I had sex in the fertile period, like it is. Because you were trying to get yours. I think this is important. You know, Republicans are introducing Republicare. People got to figure out what they're going to do around this birth control. Now, I'm not not endorsing the rhythm method, but y'all going to need something to up your chances from 100% pregnancy (laughs) to a solid 65. Because they're not even teaching you comprehensive sex, and so y'all sure as hell not going to learn about no goddamn rhythm method. No. AKA the strategic pullout plan. Okay, <laughs> As we, I like to call we it. We not, you know, I'm we not fucking today because I'm fertile as fuck this Tuesday. This fuck. podcast is culture shift like shit. We are out here legitimizing the fuck out of pulling out because we know there's people in the world. Girl, Republican. Do y'all understand yeah. Medicaid about to get cut? <laughs> this whole free birth control with this insurance shit, that ain't about to be there. These niggas don't care about y'all. You know, y'all I, Y'all fire. need to start researching yeah. what y'all gonna do. Get yeah. you some bees. And this douche shit ain't gonna be it. Oh. Like, <laughs> look. Get you some turmeric and a calendar, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> look, get in tune with your body. Start, start counting your days between your periods. A now. teaspoon of apple cider vinegar a day. No, that's Keep not true. Republic care away. <laughs> we gotta try uh, something. I'm just telling you what my grandma said. Look here, this ain't the time to get creative with your condoms either. Like, don't be putting. I know we started talking about coconut oil the other week. One of our white listeners had to let us know. Just in case, because they weren't familiar with 
an ashy dick. So <laughs> they thought we was t- telling y'all to put coconut oil on the condom no. to fuck up the condom. Like we don't understand that latex and oil just don't mix. Make sure you're using water-based lubricants. Water-based. Unless you got some lamb skin condoms. Then that's when the fun comes in. <laughs> you do all types of oils now. There's jojoba, <laughs> coconut. <laughs> I'm for real. <laughs> now the thing about lamb skin versus latex, lamb skin just protects you from pregnancy. Now it don't do nothing else. Oh, you're getting, yeah. you getting all them pores. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Disclaimer on the rhythm method does not protect against any type of STDs, obviously. Let these niggas know. So So, I'm not trying to be out here. So you was trying to get yours. We're going to throw it back. Yes, Mm -hmm. I was trying to get mine. (laughs) Um, And how was he mm -hmm. abusive? A lot in a lot of ways it was emotional. So it was one of those situations where he grew up in an abusive environment. His father was abusive to his mother and he was just very controlling, didn't really want me to hang out with people, would get jealous all the time, yell at me all the time. And when we would have arguments, I knew I was right. I knew mm. I was right. And I was trying to be open. You know, you're trying to be open and see something from someone else's point of view. But like, no, I know I'm right. And you're just trying to make me feel like I'm crazy. Mm -hmm. So that plus, you know, a few moments. I think I was lucky that it wasn't a a, um, abuse to the point of I'm in the hospital or anything like that. But, you know, broke my phone, drugged me across the floor one time because it was mad about some shit. Just... Screaming all the time, that kind of thing. My boo, I can beat his ass right now. <laughs> uh, these niggas. But it's learned, you know. You learned that generational from, trauma. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You learned that, and then you come back. So I think what, also what I needed to learn from that relationship. So looking back on it, this guy, I'm in grad school, getting a master's. This guy, no shade. He's working at he graduated from college working at K's. He's just like not I I look back and I'm like, why was I in this relationship mm-hmm. ever? And I think it was one of those situations where I needed to go through that to hit the bottom and see what I would not stand for ever again. People and my family have been in abusive relationships before. And maybe it was my turn. I just needed to go through that. Mm-hmm. I cannot do anything like that again. So it's just strange mm-hmm. to know. Because I wasn't dependent on him. I was in grad school, but I had money. You know, loan money, but who cares? <laughs> Shit, you spend it. It's mine. It's mine. It's mine. I spent It's mine. So how did you... How did you feel when you found out you were pregnant? So you're falling asleep at your desk. I'm falling uh-huh. asleep. Okay, so then I, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to trust a pregnancy. I'm just going to go to the clinic and see. It's like $10 or whatever. So I took that day off, went around the corner, went to the clinic, took the pregnancy test. The woman came in. You're pregnant. <laughs> you're, just happy. And here's your check. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh my god so did that turn 
awkward for her. Like, <laughs> you know, it's it's funny because I realized when you're doing that job, you don't know yet what that person wants or doesn't want. She didn't ask me prior to taking the test. You know, do you want to? have a baby or not so she read my much like okay so this is not what you want here's the resource page oh that's great yeah so it was they gave me the resources or whatever i think the interesting thing to try to figure out though is because i didn't live here and i was just here for the summer i had to figure out the different laws of the states so Mm. you know calling clinics i can't remember how it works, but I remember some of them, I think the ones in Virginia, you have to go a day before, they have to see you, and then you have to come back in 24 hours and all this shit, and I can't... I'm doing an internship. You don't... I ain't got all this goddamn time. And this was probably before Lyft, bitch. What? Right. So, no, can't do all of that. These are called Um, trap laws, by the way. Yes. Um, And... Luckily, but even still, I'm in a position of privilege that a lot of people wouldn't right. be in to be able to Cause you know, call I- these folks, to be able to say that I could pay for it. I knew what I needed to do. It was just figuring out where I was going to go, right. get it done. Um, but when I found out, so I called my cousin and told her, talked to her about it, and then I called my boyfriend at the time. He's awful. And he wanted me to have the child. Of course. He was mad that I talked to anyone else. So this is, again, the control. It's like, you should, we should only be talking about this together. You shouldn't be talking about this with anybody else. It's our baby. Um, and he drove up from North Carolina, like, five hours that night to try to convince me to have the baby. And just to be clear, all you motherfuckers that's listening to this <laughs> shit niggas. that love to talk, but ain't learned nothing from Stedman, alright? <laughs> to shut the fuck up. <laughs> I just want to be clear that the moment your funky ass decides, A, not to wear a condom, B, not pull out in time, you literally forfeit your decision making in this process. You have literally signed over your rights, will, <laughs> testament, whatever in the fuck of what happens once that sperm enters somebody's body. It's kind of like when you go to Subway <laughs> and you order that foot long and you get that cashier your $6. You can't go back and be like, give me that $6 if Subway decide to invest in, I don't know, destroying all bread companies so we have to all just go buy bread at Subway. Like, at no point, like, once that $6 becomes Subway, and I don't know why I I thought of Subway. I ain't ate Subway in I don't know how long. But the point remains, you can't say what happens to that dollar. You could try to have a protest for Subway. You could try to, like, call the news media. But once that money is already spent to destroy the damn bread companies like it ain't nothing you can do for real for real you know you would hope they change their mind but you know and it's a similar thing with pregnancy so we see all the time you know especially the anti-choice movement bring up these black men who had these sob stories about I wanted my baby no you didn't because you did not want have a conversation with somebody prior to if you fuck around and get pregnant I would love for you to have this child it would be great for me so that way when you say this maybe the girl would be like you know what I don't 
think fucking you raw is a good idea because uh-huh. you're a little unstable and I ain't got time. And literally when women break up <laughs> wanting to have babies too soon, like y'all niggas freak. You trapping me. You yeah. literally yeah. freak out. Can so we like, talk about the reverse trap? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like actually niggas oh the God. ones that's trapping women and then pulling the stunt like, but I thought we was going to be a family. I don't know where you picked that shit <laughs> Where did you know? Because you work at Jimmy John's. <laughs> no tea, no shade to any employees of Jimmy John's. However, you a whole ass cute working at damn Cage Jewels. <laughs> you in a fraternity of allegedly all these successful ass black men. They couldn't find you a better job than that. You couldn't go to the damn regional conference and like hook up nothing. Like... <laughs> You I'm roasting this nigga. I don't you couldn't figure know. out how to get an internship at like Ray Lewis work as a whole football player. Ain't he a cute? He became I read recently. He could, he should be able to get you an internship for the Ravens oh, or something. How was you at Cage Jewelers talking about I'm about to build a family? Every kid starts with K. Tell me. <laughs> like, I need the receipts. Yes. So <laughs> Misha lady, you have to tell this fucking emotional goddamn tears (laughs) that you were pregnant. For which he, I wonder, like, what did he listen to on the way up? Like, I'm saying with me in the silence, coming from the heart. If you don't take your ass, nigga, if you don't get out of my face, are you serious? Yes. Put that on everything. That's something that. I feel like people should be able to plan for. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because if 10 months out of my life, I can't pick up not now a piece of alcohol, or maybe I can drink a little bit, but I can't do what I need to do mm-hmm. on my Friday night. Like, literally, my, my body is no longer just mine. Like, I want to I wanna have more say in it than you, like, not pulling out and you coming to me singing Jodice's Stay. Like, right. no. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. So he comes... And at that point, drove from North Carolina. Drove from North Carolina. So to me, this was my abortion, being pregnant while a very dramatic moment in my life. It was exactly what I needed to get out of the relationship that I was in because the moment that I thought about having this man's child, Mm. it's like absolutely not, absolutely not. So. I knew I wasn't ready. I knew, I think the other thing that I feel blessed about is I worked with Planned Parenthood before, so I didn't have any qualms about getting an abortion. I wasn't scared about it. I didn't care about what my family might think about it. I was a women's studies major in college. Like These are things that I had talked about before, so it was very normalized for me. So I felt, I knew what the answer was there wasn't any debate in my head about it and what was and so I I do want to say that is obviously not everyone's experience so I Mm -hmm. want to be clear that I'm not trying to diminish other people's experience who are torn up about it and who do have a lot of emotions about it but at it, I've been, it wasn't my story and I've mm-hmm. been in scenarios there's a the clip conference in New Hampshire mm-hmm. where they do the abortion speak out and a lot of people have these civil liberties public but, yes policy. and policy civil liberties and public policy conference at um at Hampshire College, Hampshire College. I think so. yep. yeah so they do an abortion speak out and many women get up and tell their story about abortion and 
there's a range of stories. A lot of them are pretty emotional and people being torn up about making the decision. And I think that that is, in a lot of cases, the norm. The reason why I'm here, right, the reason why I'm here and telling this particular story is because my the way that I felt about it was not that and I think that women need more space to be able to say no I knew that this was a decision that I needed to make Mm -hmm. for me I do not feel guilty about it and I'm not I'm not torn up about it Mm -hmm. this is what I needed to do and I think he was mad after the fact so I'll tell the story about how it happened but he was he was kind of astonished or confused that I wasn't heard about it. I think he was expecting that me as a woman afterwards mm. that I would feel really emotional about it and he was kind of mad that I wasn't. Mm. So how did that play out? Him being angry that you weren't? He he would just say stuff like I I think he was feeling some type of way about the fact that it happened when we went to, I was telling them, when we went to the clinic, there were protesters outside, which is the norm, especially on the weekend. And, you know, they're saying, don't do it, don't do it. And my ex, then boyfriend, was talking to the protester, saying, like, I told her not to, yeah, (laughs) Well, so they're chatting. I'm walking in because I'm like, what? I don't give a fuck about what you're <laughs> I got an appointment. I have an appointment, and I'm not going to miss they it. They told me it was not, I'm not going to miss it. <laughs> they said 9:30. It's 9:28. My God. 9:28, and you're wasting time. So I'm going to go in and fill out my paperwork while you do whatever the fuck this is. <laughs> In fact, they told me to arrive 10 minutes early. (laughs) Time, my appointment's at 9.30. It's 9.18. I need to be in there at 19.20. And then for some places, the fact that you have to come once and then come back 24 hours later. (laughs) Listen, nigga, it's the 23rd hour. (laughs) I I don't have any time. I'm in this internship. I got work tomorrow. (laughs) Like, the sooner I can get out of here, the sooner I can get my nap. Like, I just Uh, I don't even I would have trampled him oh my god (laughs) God. well keep your ass out here then shit you ain't so (laughs) (sighs) this nigga literally hears the ride cause what I hear you saying is you made the appointment you did the research it sounds like you paid for it I paid for it all cause he he was morally opposed to it so of course he wasn't contributing (laughs) so this nigga is literally an escort but got all the conversations for the niggas outside (laughs) doing nothing today (laughs) didn't have to pee in nobody's he didn't have to go to Cage Jeweler that day <laughs> this, this is how you spend your day off. <laughs> Roast Nothing his ass. to do. You suck. This is. I don't all- think I even wanted him to be there. I guess I do tell you that you need someone to drive you mm-hmm. home, and that's why. And he wanted to be there because he's sick and twisted. Whatever. So <laughs> wow. I'm there. You know, there's all the people waiting in the. Um, Lobby. I go back, and I think one of the the only moment that I felt sad, I cried actually, was when I realized that the person who would be doing the abortion for me was a man, and I just didn't feel mm. that wasn't what I needed. I didn't. I don't know why I didn't feel like that was appropriate. 
I guess it is. I feel like you should be able to state your preference for that. Mm. Um, but then the crazy thing about it is there's so few abortion providers in the yeah, country when we talk about who's even like it's not required that you are they don't even make you learn how to give abortions yeah. in med school right. like it's not even a requirement so it's so limited the people who are risking their lives to provide abortions because abortion providers are often targets of violence mm-hmm. like there's right. a whole story yeah. about Dr. Taylor and how he was murdered yeah. for literally the way you're telling us this story is like how we would talk about I don't know, registering to vote or going to work that day. Like, this is a thing in people's lives. Yeah. And there's all these barriers to get there. And we're talking about just the barriers of your, like, partner. Yeah. In addition to the legal barriers. Yes. In addition to the protesters. Mm -hmm. In addition to all this other... Finding the money for it. It's kind of wild. Yeah. And you make it this Mm -hmm. far... And you make all these decisions only to realize that your options around who provides this medically safe, legal Mm -hmm. procedure, medical... Constitutional right. Just constitutional. Like, this is... You are at a certified place. They have passed all their boards, I'm sure, et cetera, et cetera. And literally, we're in a moment because there are so few providers. Mm-hmm. You can't actually go, you know, unlike your primary doctor, for instance. Mm-hmm. I can literally say I want a black woman from right. the South right. to be my my mm-hmm. gynecologist. Yeah. And that can become a reality. Mm-hmm. Just with enough research and enough talking to people, I can make that a reality right. for myself. Whereas abortion, there's so much stigma. Yeah. Like and and also the other part of it is we don't live in a world where we can actually you know outside of these speak out spaces because to be clear that's not normal right like that is a space carved out mm-hmm. and organized our activists space. very, very privileged you're at a space. college at a conference okay. that you paid to attend yeah and it's no Hundreds tea no dollars. shade no like, whatsoever how are we having conversations about women who have abortions at the when you come pick up a plate of chicken. So yeah. usually you're doing this whole process to yourself. <laughs> Unlike my primary doctor, I can literally make that a communal experience. Right. Right. How's it going to Dr. So-and-so? I don't really fuck with them no more because they did. And I know not to go to Dr. So-and-so. Right. You know, if you live in a place where there's more than one doctor, that's also reality in rural communities, right? Mm-hmm. So you get no choice about a very personal medical experience and I didn't get any sympathy for feeling a desire to want a female practitioner to do the same like I was crying and this woman was like sorry (laughs) this is what it is and I mean that is I think the reality of it but it just felt um the clinic itself, it just didn't feel like an affirming space, like a loving space. And I was in a position where I was very resolute about my decision, and I can imagine that a lot of people are not. Mm-hmm. And to be in a space like that that just feels sterile and very medicalized, it doesn't help you mm-hmm. in that moment. In a very vulnerable moment. Yeah. You, mm-hmm. you literally had your partner start talking to protesters. <laughs> You're talking yeah. about doing... All I hear is you doing this by yourself 
in a lot of ways and you having nothing but detractors the Mm -hmm. entire time. And I just imagine someone in a different experience. I just imagine what does it look like for a girl from the hood who's just catching a ride Mm -hmm. with a friend or a family member in secret who just took off work from... Right. Some department store, whatever, whatever. Like it seems like it just takes a lot of gumption to decide a course of action once finding out that you are pregnant. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think we need to just honor that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Whether you are choosing to have an abortion or you're choosing to raise your child or you're choosing to put your child up for adoption, that you know, we just need to like trust you be that you, yeah, be affirmed. Whatever decision you make, be like whatever. you deserve that. And I love that we're talking about. You talked about all these barriers around mm-hmm. the weight laws and all these yeah. um, different pieces around getting an abortion. When really, what you're saying you needed was more options for how that abortion was performed. Mm-hmm. What actually looked like justice to yeah. be able. I think. I mean, if I were to ever open up an abortion clinic, it seems like you should be able to go in there, get a mani pedi, yeah. have a massage chair while you're waiting, like. Because you just, the same way we love on mothers who are giving birth or should, seems to be we, how we should treat yes. women who are choosing to have an abortion. That this is still a process that, you're, that your body is going through mm-hmm. and that you de- deserve some fucking respect. Like, so when you go to the pro- um, in to get the abortion, before they perform the procedure, they have you do an ultrasound. And <laughs> I remember boyfriend at the time wanted the picture I guess it's a sonogram I would have beat his <laughs> ass at this point of the abortion experience like nigga you need to go wait in the car <laughs> did you just ask for the fucking picture yes I don't care I, I really I don't you, care yeah. I'm not bothered I just think about you know when we think about another example of someone who is more fragile about the choice that would be fucking yeah. terrible. So that is him. an act of terrorism. Yeah. Why the fuck are you bringing this back to my house? Because I know he ain't getting in his car and going back to North Carolina no. afterward. I'm gonna keep this picture in my wallet, and later I'm gonna tell you what God named this child that you killed. No. Yes. That's what he said to you. Yeah. Mhm. So. <laughs> Meanwhile, Michelle yeah. is sitting here in this living room flourishing. Girl, the only thing I hear in my head playing is best thing I, I, I never, never had. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> Thank God you blew it. Because, whew. <laughs> and you know what's crazy? Like, uh, sorry. I'm just so happy we're talking about this. Because even when we were having the conversation around Hurt Bay, how like so many people act like she, they didn't know who this person was. Mm-hmm. Like, you never know what people are going through in these fuck-ass relationships. Yes. Like, yes. Uh, anyhow. Really. And we don't live in a space or a society where we can commonly just be honest. Like, yeah. this is what this look like. And this is what's happening to me right now. Do you know what this food is? You know? Right. Because I think in some ways, or I just wonder, I, I just kind of feel like some of our listeners, like, this is new. Mm-hmm. This is a new experience. Amber talking about going to get an abortion, being like a spa, I, I imagine that hit some of y'all. And so, no, it shouldn't. But the thing is, think about how we receive medical care generally mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. black people. Period. 
the history of medical care, no matter what in this country, has been fucked up. Yeah. Awful. Literally, black women have gone in for routine checkups or whatever the fuck and leave without not a single reproductive organ in their body, damn near. Mm -hmm. So, being forced to sterilize, right? So... Reparations in some ways will look like our medical our medical care. The experience is being totally different. Right. We spend so much time defending our right to this medical care that we never get to actually sit down and have a conversation about how we can make it better. Yep. I can't go and say, yo, it would be nice if there were these things in your facilities or I had an option between a male and a female doctor for my abortion. Because if I say that, the antis grab a hold on that and they're like, no, you are you are anti-Planned Parenthood and Planned Parenthood is an awful place and it should be shut down. That's not what I'm saying. No. I'm saying that I would like to still have access to this health care and I want it to be better because I deserve better. Period. I mean, why settle for the moon? If y'all would just let a nigga thrive and be as brilliant as I can possibly be, ain't no yeah. telling where we can go in this universe. So we, in order for us to get through or get to the next step of innovating our healthcare, we have to literally do this ridiculous work of proving mm-hmm. that we should have something that's already legal. Right. Absurd. Just wanted to add about the procedure itself so I think there's two options you can take a pill Mm -hmm. or you can do I don't know what it's called but like the vacuum it's basically a vacuum that they put in you I'm gonna use all the wrong language your vagina just tell your cousin okay in your vaginal canal and it sucks out whatever is in there so, that is, it's not the most painful thing, but it does um, create cramping. It's not comfortable, for sure. And no one is here to support me in this moment when clearly, and, and no one can come in the room with you. Some, like, your loved one can't come in the room with you. So, it's just you and the medical provider. Unlike if you were having a, if you were having a baby, you have people in there who can visit you who can visit you who can support you who can hold your hand that doesn't happen um when wow. you go to get an abortion and i think that there are probably some safety concerns as to why that can't happen because maybe someone would come in there with you and they might like my boyfriend who didn't want me to do it mm-hmm. they might act out they could you know harm the provider so i get it but if that's the case, then the person who's providing it should be more supportive mm-hmm. while it's happening. Um, and then... But yeah, that looks ahead. like because they they go to med school, mm-hmm. they don't learn how to do this, so I'm pretty sure nobody's teaching, well, this is what bedside manner looks like, like for abortions. abortions. <laughs> right. Literally, that's the extra mile. If you can fuck around and be a decent human being mm-hmm. while also doing this, right. like... You are just getting a gold star just for agreeing to do it. Right. Absolutely. So you are going above and beyond to have some good customer service. Mm -hmm. Because this is a service, Mm -hmm. just to be clear. Anytime you go to a doctor, it's a service. Right. Wow. Mm -hmm. 
And shout out to the good abortion providers who are doing this, like yeah, Dr. Willie Parker, Parker. Um, abortion provider, and they're black folks, and they just they talk about all these things, and it's really amazing that they're doing mm-hmm. that work. Mm-hmm. So, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Or would you like to add on to uh, that? All I was going to say is, afterwards... You go into a recovery room with a whole bunch of other women who are taking Tylenol and stuff. And what I think people don't really make clear is that the cramping after you have an abortion is really bad and it lasts, it can last for a few weeks and you may bleed for a few weeks. I remember going to a pool party with a friend and I had on a cute skirt and I just bled through it. because I guess your body is adjusting after the fact, so it doesn't really end after the abortion, and you still need support after that. You're still kind of in pain for a little while um, after you have a procedure. That is all. And we can't even talk about the afterward in detail because, again, antis usually take it, manipulate it, and make it an anti-abortion narrative but you're still you would would you make the same decision again absolutely and imagine having and but with all these restrictions back alley abortions are on the rise again uh (laughs) if you have to deal with all that without a, a doctor like guidance i don't i don't Somebody yeah. who isn't certified, oh like my gosh. Jesus, poking oh and prodding, Ugh. and yeah, no. even even after having mm. it in, you know, a safe abortion from a um, you know certified provider, you still have some fear about your fertility. Even though I think there's a lot of statistics that show that after you have an abortion, it's fine. Mm-hmm. But I think there's still... You did have a procedure that you're not used to having, and you don't know. Because there is and a history of people doing stuff to black women and sterilizing them. You don't did they, fully know. Did they tell you to call if you had any questions or concerns? Did they probably, I think give, probably give you a sheet of paper or something? They should have... They don't... I don't think that they require that you go back for a checkup or anything, so I don't think that I did until my regular annual exam and the doctor said I was fine. But I do think it's important to, and it's hard to do this, to not feel any stigma around telling your doctor when you go back that you've had an abortion. Mm. because it's only going to make you feel better if they know that and can check out and make sure everything's okay. And I think that's also true for, you know, your sexual partners and are you having unprotected sex? Like, I think being honest with your doctor is the best thing to do so that they can help make sure that you get what you need, that they're doing a thorough exam. Um, all of those things are important. Wow. That's if I'm, you have a medical, a primary care or a gynecologist. Yes, yes right. Damn, this is fascinating. Right. I've never thought about these different pieces about mm-hmm. actually going to have an abortion. So what happened with this nigga? Why are you so fabulous now? <laughs> I've released the ball and chain. <laughs> I've been set free. <laughs> Literally, that moment, after I knew we're breaking up. I can't do this anymore. Now, the the really bad part was, and this is terrible, don't do this. Um, 
don't do this. I So I was in grad school, like I said at the time. It was a summer between, it was a two-year program, so I was about to go back for my second year. Um, I was in a sorority and was going to be a house mom. They told me I could be the house mom at one of the sorority houses. Read a white one. Yes. Right. But we ain't got no house mother. Right. <laughs> I didn't want to say that out loud. That's all right. I copied. You it's can fine. read between the lines. As <laughs> she said, was. <laughs> <laughs> we always talking in prison tense. Unless you want them niggas that like, I don't want to be a doctor because it's evil and satanic. <laughs> I guess my subconscious was trying to distance myself. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I was gonna get free housing and free food because they have a chef. Um, I'm in. So, privilege. But, anyway, and they were surprised to see a black woman be a part of that organization. Anyway, I was going to get free everything, so I told this guy when we were still together, (laughs) (laughs) if you live in the the house, you obviously can't have men in there because of long-standing rules. No men, no alcohol, blah, blah. So awful. Right, awful. So I was like, all right, (laughs) I want to be able to be with my boyfriend, so this is probably not going to work, but I can't live with you unless I'm living for free because I had a free situation. So he got an apartment. I was going to live there for free. Uh, We broke up the summer before I came back from my second year of school, and I ended up living with him for six months. While we were broken up, Lord while Jesus. after I had the abortion, and you lucky to be here, actually, <laughs> to be completely honest. No, you didn't no, fuck up. He was fucking up. No, I did. I you did had to survive. I felt so stupid for being in the relationship that I was punishing myself because I knew it was going to be mm. a miserable living situation, but. I thought, look, like you're not going to take out more loans to pay to live because you could have been living somewhere for free and you turned that down for this. Sorry, nigga, anyone. Y'all free so. yourself. I think, what did you call on the Black Joy mixtape before, Jasmine? You don't have to stay in these relationships just because? I have no idea. Believe it, nigga. Like, Believe what I know. I, yeah. Mm. I swear. Right. But also, right. I think you didn't do anything wrong. I think no. this was a... You were trying the best you could mm-hmm. with what you had. And everybody tells you that you can't be honest about the situations that you're going through in these relationships. Right. You're not allowed to talk about your abortion. you damn sure not allowed to talk about any kind of emotional or physical abuse. Right. So what are you supposed to do? And also, mm-hmm. we aren't even allowed to talk about, and a lot of times, what... What were the conditions in which you were like, you know, this is the relationship? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, like, sometimes that looks like I didn't get into my top school. Sometimes that looks like I'm leaving another toxic situation. Mm -hmm. Like, it, it just looks like people end up in these situations for just a myriad because mm-hmm. we are carrying so much right. shit mm-hmm. and shit that we one can't name and two call out as this shit is odd as fuck but it's just a part of my life I'm carrying this bag somebody said I need to carry this bag I'm still carrying it and I'm carrying mm-hmm. it into this bullshit and like sometimes and that's not even putting it like that's not victim blaming it's just literally like a fact 
And sometimes it takes, you know, certain things to make you say, wait, what the fuck? Wait a minute. It's wait like somebody to flash the camera right. telling you to get out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> get out! <laughs> Sink. I said sink, nigga. <laughs> we should redo the, the get the out. The sunken place. Hey, right. We should redo the get out call to get in. Yes. <laughs> Shit. Right. Anywho. Some that white woman about message. to kill this. Don't let a white woman do that on Funny or Die, please. Mm-hmm. No. That's us. You reach out to us and you want that idea. <laughs> It should be our voices telling niggas to sink. <laughs> no, it's, it's gonna like, be a nigga with a T. Uh, 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 it's gonna be an opposite. No. It's gonna be a black man with a with a no. T thing. But and he's like sink. He's sink. gonna be stirring the crown royal in the ice. He's gonna be stirring up <laughs> coconut oil. <laughs> Just going. Oh. Clink clink. <laughs> These Don't niggas are crazy. Free yourself. Yeah, that's true. No. I mean, T but has really been fucked up. Sorry. I will say, shout out to Malaya. Starshine lion hair. Yes. yes. Malaya the hood witch. The hood witch. <laughs> because I was looking into my natal chart, which tells you where your sun sign is, your moon sign, your rising sign, all this stuff. It's all interconnected and there's layers to it, but what was interesting was looking at where my Venus was positioned, and I can't remember exactly where, but when I read the significance of it, it told me that I am prone to be in relationships where I want to care for someone and where I'm trying to help fix someone mm. and you know make someone better or they're basically leeching all the energy out of me because I'm just giving and caring and want mm. to do that and so that is a pattern that I repeated for a long time up to that point and so when you're in I think doing that self-examination whether that mm. is looking at your natal chart and you're reading into your signs or looking back at relationships and your family because there were signs in my family that a lot of women have been in abusive relationships that you need to do that work to know what you are personally susceptible to because it will in some ways it will come around and Mm. you need to just be aware and know how am I going to know when I'm in this and what am I going to do to get out of it that was beautiful I love again how the ancestors make an appearance here Mm. to teach us how to free ourselves that it's okay that we go through these experiences and they are harmful and we learn from them but there's still redemption on the other side Mm -hmm. we are and we just need to give black women and femmes and all of us, we just need to give black people more resources to make the decisions that are best for their lives. Absolutely. Because you were able to access that, because you were able to access abortion care, because you went to school, you now get to lead the life that you want to lead. And everyone deserves that. Mm-hmm. Everyone deserves to thrive in that way. And mm-hmm. I think that's that was just such a great story. And I just want to add that it reminds me of Lemonade in Amen. a lot of ways. Because that's about generational 
yes. things happening yes. to women in this family yes. and it's literally about quote unquote breaking the curse yes. and we talk a lot about mm-hmm. the line where Beyonce decides to or whatever this character whoever this person is decides to have redemption and she says the line my torture became my remedy yeah. and just listening you talk Michelle it sounds like rather than this person was your torturer you were your torturer and mm-hmm. you became your remedy mm-hmm. and like that's another reading for me or yeah. at least like it doesn't always have to look like me trying to redeem you right. it's like finding a redemption in myself and yeah. finding a forgiveness for myself for deciding to be in this relationship mm-hmm. on down and I think there isn't any shame in any of it because this is how we get free. Amen. This is how we get away from these toxic ass partnerships that are just draining the fuck out of us. Taking People us everything we who got. take every opportunity to dig and try to like bring us down. Because let's be clear, him taking that, that sonogram mm-hmm. was a dig and just continuing trying to bring you down a few notches of pigs. Because I just don't feel like you feeling sorry enough. Right. Right. (laughs) And that sucks. I'm going to call you for Mother's Day. And I'm going to tell you, happy Mother's Day. Do I? (laughs) I would beat that ass. (laughs) So violent. To our aborted child. Terrorism. Well, Michelle, we're so happy you joined us here today for this special edition of A Day with a Black Woman. Name Michelle. <laughs> on a day without rose. <laughs> on a day without rose. <laughs> Get while it. wearing purple, sipping, <laughs> making our lemonade and drinking it too over a plate of yes. chicken and rice. Yeah, that's it. Right. Thank while you. looking flawless, Michelle literally came over here to get her earrings, bitch, and a plate. I swear to God. And look at this life-changing ass story you have shared. My God, today, mm. I love it. We this is the week that we start getting hate mail and love letters. Hey, Amen. Somebody Y'all, got free. I got free. Please send us love letters, cause I ain't got. I need to balance out these potential death threats. <laughs> <laughs> you hateful. Yes. She didn't even feel guilty. And before, <laughs> and before y'all waste y'all time, let me know that y'all gonna string me up from a tree. I just want you to know that bitch, you ain't got rope long enough, ho. <laughs> Fuck y'all. You bitch. Send it to my DMs. I ain't gonna read it. <laughs> you gonna be talking to air. You gonna be talking to the motherfucker. I suggest you go message request box, bitch. <laughs> we I, don't care. I'm the type of bitch that just open your shit and close it just so it can say Mark Red, bitch. <laughs> Daddy. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. <laughs> so I suggest you go ahead, just go ahead, get you a soapbox and go on a on a corner somewhere and just scream out all the shit that you think about Jazz, the KOS, and the High Priestess mm-hmm. and our wonderful, beautiful friend Michelle. Because that's the only motherfuckers you gonna get a response that's from. That's only people who care. You talk to a wall. We don't give a fuck. We don't. Black women have abortion. One in three women will have an abortion in her lifetime. I don't know what the number is for black women, but we deserve to have access to our care, too. Make sure y'all visit the one in three campaign to learn more about how to share your story. Thank you so much, Michelle, for coming. Yes. Do you want the people to find you at all? Do you you want want to be found? (laughs) I rarely post it's only like when I have a really great hair day and I just want to do a selfie. Yes! 
Yes, Nisha Lay is about to start giving y'all hair tips from a lazy naturalista. Her hair grows out of her hair like that. And every time we went to Target, y'all, Nisha Lay has a wonderful head of hair, just quaffed, just blessed. Mm-hmm. I think some mother from a few generations ago prayed for hair like this on down the line. Anyway, so we in Target, the cashier sees Nisha Lay and is like, well, what what you do to your hair? What what kind of products you put on it? Nisha Lay just standing there like nothing. <laughs> Water. Water. I woke up today. <laughs> the cashier just refuses to accept that answer. No. 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 I don't use Shea Moisture. <laughs> and I don't and get my shit don't come out like that. Show so if you if I go back there with you, you gonna show me what you got. And like I'm literally trying to talk to the woman like, hey ma'am, I did the exact same thing she did this morning and my hair don't look like that. And woman looked at me and was like, Bitch, your hair is terrible. <laughs> I'm talking to the one with the coils. <laughs> And I'm just like I'm just like hey y'all Like hey your hair just Embrace how your hair come out your head It's gorgeous we all different types of trees Just accept that Goddamn Michelle is a sycamore And you might be an oak goddamn (laughs) That is okay You need sycamores and oak Amen. Just strong, sturdy than a motherfucker. This is Amber J. Phillips, the high priestess of Black Joy. And this is Jazz Gimme the South. And you just listened to the Black Joy mixtape. Thanks, Michelle. The 22nd of loneliness. And we've been through so many things. I love my man with all honesty, but I know he's cheating on me. Yeah.